ಶ್ರೀಗಣೇಶಾ ನಮ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಸರಸ್ವತ್ಯೈ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹಲೋ ಲಿಸನರ್ಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ರವಿ ರಂಗನಾಥನ್ ವೆಲ್ಕಮಿಂಗ್ ಯು ಟು ದಿ ಇನಾಗ್ರಲ್ ಎಪಿಸೋಡ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಪಾಡ್ಕಾಸ್ಟ್ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ ಯಹ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ ಸ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ ಐ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಇಮ್ಯಾಜಿನ್ ಸಮ್ ವಂಡರಿಂಗ್ ವಾಟ್ ಇಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ಐ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಇಮ್ಯಾಜಿನ್ ಸಮ್ ಸೇಯಿಂಗ್ ಡೂ ವಿ ನೀಡ್ ಒನ್ ಮೋರ್ ಲೆಕ್ಚರ್ ಆನ್ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ ಲೆಟ್ ಮಿ ಟೇಕ್ ರೆಫ್ಯೂಜ್ ಇನ್ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ ಇಟ್ಸ್ ಅಲ್ ಟು ಗಿವ್ ಯು ಆನ್ ಆನ್ಸರ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಟು ವರ್ಸ್ ಟ್ವೆಂಟಿ ನೈನ್ ಸೇಸ್ ಆಚರ್ಯವತ್ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ ಕಶ್ಚಿದೇನಂ ಆಚರ್ಯವತ್ ವತತಿ ತಥೈವ ಚಾನ್ಯ ಆಚರ್ಯವಚ್ಚೈನಮನ್ಯಶೃಣೋತಿ ಶ್ರುತ್ವಾಪೇನಂ ವೇದನ ಚೈವ ಕಶ್ಚಿತ್ ಆಚರ್ಯಮನ ಕಾಣ್ಬರ್ ಸಿಲರ್ ಇದೈ ಆಚರ್ಯಮನ ಪೇಸುವರ್ ಮೇಲೂ ಸಿಲರ್ ಆಚರ್ಯಮನ ಕೇಟ್ಪರ್ ಮಟ್ರಮ್ ಸಿಲರ್ ಕೇಟಬಿರಹಂ ಇದೈ ಅರಿಂದವರ್ ಎವರೂ ಮಿಲ್ಲೈ ಸಮ್ ಲುಕ್ ಅಟ್ ದಿಸ್ ಅಸ್ ಎ ವಂಡರ್ ಸಮ್ ಸ್ಪೀಕ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿಸ್ ಅಸ್ ಎ ವಂಡರ್ ಸಮ್ ಹಿಯರ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ದಿಸ್ ಅಸ್ ಎ ವಂಡರ್ ಎಟ್ ಹ್ಯಾವಿಂಗ್ ಹರ್ಡ್ ನೋ ಒನ್ ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ದಿಸ್ ಅಟ್ ಆಲ್ ವೆಯ್ಟ್ ಡೋಂಟ್ ಟರ್ನ್ ದಿ ಪಾಡ್ಕಾಸ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಐ ಆಮ್ ನಾಟ್ ಸೇಯಿಂಗ್ ದಟ್ ನೋ ಒನ್ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ದಿಸ್ ಪಾಡ್ಕಾಸ್ಟ್ ದಟ್ ವಾಸ್ ಭಗವಾನ್ ಟಾಕಿಂಗ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ಅವರ್ ಟ್ರೂ ನೇಚರ್ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಫೇರ್ ಟು ಆಸ್ಕ್ ದ್ಯಾಟ್ ಇಫ್ ನೋ ಒನ್ ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ದಿಸ್ ಅಟ್ ಆಲ್ ದನ್ ವೈ ಬಾದರ್ ಎಗೇನ್ ದಿ ಆನ್ಸರ್ ಈಸ್ ಇನ್ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ ಇಟ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ದಟ್ ನೋ ಒನ್ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ದ ಸಬ್ಜೆಕ್ಟ್ ಮ್ಯಾಟರ್ ಯು ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ವಾಟ್ ಯು ಆರ್ ಮೇಡ್ ಅಪ್ ಆಫ್ ಹೆನ್ಸ್ ದ ಪಾಡ್ಕಾಸ್ಟ್ ಟೈಟಲ್ ಎಹ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ ಸ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ ಒನ್ ಹೂ ಸೀಸ್ ದಟ್ ಪರ್ಸನ್ ಸೀಸ್ ಯು ಮೈಟ್ ಹವ್ ನೋಟಿಸ್ ದಟ್ ಫಾಲೋಯಿಂಗ್ ದ ಸಾನ್ಸ್ಕ್ರಿಟ್ ವರ್ಡ್ಸ್ ಐ ಗೇವ್ ಇಟ್ಸ್ ಟಮಲ್ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ ಫಾರ್ ಆ್ಯಡಿಂಗ್ ಸಮ್ ಸ್ಪೈಸ್ ಗೋಯಿಂಗ್ ಫಾರ್ವರ್ಡ್ ಐ ವಿಲ್ ಇನ್ಕ್ಲೂಡ್ ಮೈ ಟಮಲ್ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಅಲಾಂಗ್ ವಿತ್ ದ ಸಾನ್ಸ್ಕ್ರಿಟ್ ಲೈನ್ಸ್ ದ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ ಇಸ್ ಎ ಡೈರೆಕ್ಟ್ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ ವಿತೌಟ್ ರೀಆರ್ಡರಿಂಗ್ ದ ವರ್ಡ್ಸ್ ಟು ಗೆಟ್ ಇನ್ ಪ್ರೋಸ್ ಆರ್ಡರ್ ದೀಸ್ ವಿಲ್ ನೀಡ್ ರೀಆರ್ಡರಿಂಗ್ ಲೆಟ್ ಸ್ಟಾರ್ಟ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದ ಬಿಗಿನಿಂಗ್ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ ಇಸ್ ಅ ಸೇಕ್ರೆಟ್ ಟೆಕ್ಸ್ಟ್ ಫಾರ್ ದ ಹಿಂಡೂಸ್ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಕನ್ಸಿಡರ್ಡ್ ಆಸ್ ದ ಫಿಫ್ತ್ ವೇದ ಇನ್ ಅಡಿಷನ್ ಟು ರಿಕ್ ಯಜುರ್ ಸಾಮ ಅಂಡ್ ಅದರ್ವ ವೇದಾಸ್ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಅನ್ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಟ್ರೀಮ್ಲಿ ಪಾಪ್ಯುಲರ್ ಟೆಕ್ಸ್ಟ್ ಇಟ್ ಸಬ್ಲೈಮ್ ಫಿಲಾಸಫಿ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಡೀಪ್ ಸ್ಪಿರಿಚುವಲ್ ನಾಲೆಜ್ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ಬೀನ್ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಟೆಡ್ ಇನ್ ಟು ಮೋರ್ ದನ್ ಸೆವೆಂಟಿ ಫೈವ್ ಲ್ಯಾಂಗ್ವೇಜಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಇನ್ ಇಂಗ್ಲೀಷ್ ಅಲೋನ್ ದರ್ ಆರ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ತ್ರೀ ಹಂಡ್ರೆಡ್ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ಸ್ ಸೇಸ್ ವಿಕಿಪೀಡಿಯಾ ಇನ್ ದ ರೀಸೆಂಟ್ ಪಾಸ್ಟ್ ಇಟ್ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ಇನ್ಫ್ಲೂಯೆನ್ಸ್ಡ್ ಮೆನಿ ಥಿಂಕರ್ಸ್ ಮೋಸ್ಟ್ ನೋಟಬಲಿ ಮಹಾತ್ಮ ಗಾಂಧಿ ಸ್ವಾಮಿ ವಿವೇಕಾನಂದ ಶ್ರೀ ಅರಬಿಂದು ಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಚಿನ್ಮಯಾನಂದ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಇನ್ಫ್ಲೂಯೆನ್ಸ್ಡ್ ಮೆನಿ ವೆಸ್ಟರ್ನ್ ಥಿಂಕರ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಸೈಂಟಿಸ್ಟ್ ಎಡ್ವಿನ್ ಆರ್ನಾಲ್ಡ್ ಕಾಲ್ಡ್ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ ದಿ ಸಾಂಗ್ ಸಲಶಿಯಲ್ ದ ಸಿಂಪಲ್ ಗೂಗಲ್ ಸರ್ಚ್ ವಿಲ್ ಗಿವ್ ಎ ಲಾಂಗ್ ಲಿಸ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಗ್ರೇಟ್ ಮಾಸ್ಟರ್ಸ್ ಹೂ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಲಿವ್ಡ್ ದ್ಯಾರ್ ಲೈಫ್ಸ್ ಅಕಾರ್ಡಿಂಗ್ ಟು ದ ಟೀಚಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತ ನೌ ವಾಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ ಲೈಕ್ ದ ಬೈಬಲ್ ಆರ್ ಕುರಾನ್ ಈಸ್ ಇಟ್ ಎ ಬುಕ್ ಬೈ ಇಟ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಆರ್ ಇಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಪಾರ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಸಮಥಿಂಗ್ ಲಾರ್ಜರ್ ಹೂ ರೋಡ್ ದಿಸ್ ಇನ್ ವಾಟ್ ಫಾರ್ಮ್ಯಾಟ್ ವಾಟ್ ಅಸ್ ಇಟ್ ಟಾಕ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ಆರ್ ಟೀಚ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಮೋರ್ ಇಮಿಡಿಯೇಟ್ಲಿ ವೈ ಆಮ್ ಐ ಟಾಕಿಂಗ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ಇಟ್ ದ ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ ಕ್ವಶನ್ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಮಿಡಲ್ ಆಫ್ ಟ್ವೆಂಟಿ ಟ್ವೆಂಟ
This was said in the middle of a pandemic when people did not have much to do with their time. One can imagine how much time they will have when the society is out of the pandemic. Continuing the conversation, she said, Daddy, if only there were small podcasts not exceeding 30 minutes, many in the younger generation would be interested to listen to. They can listen while driving and at other times as well. Why don't you come up with a podcast for this? Her sis and bro also joined that chorus about the virtue of short podcasts. Maybe they thought that by tossing the ball to me, they could escape from studying about it. As they were pitching the benefits of short podcasts for Bhagavad Gita, my mind immediately took a detour through Bhagavan's expression, Kama Kami, the desirer of desires. A seed was planted and the result is this podcast series, Bhagavad Gita, Yaha Pashyati Sa Pashyati. One who sees, that person sees. This expression, Yaha Pashyati Sa Pashyati, comes twice in Bhagavad Gita. Here, to see does not mean just seeing through the eyes. It means one who clearly understands without error, that person truly understands. Indeed, this is true of any study, whether it is secular, religious or spiritual. Many young adults growing up here in USA are interested in knowing about their heritage, the philosophy behind Indic religions, why so many gods, why so many different types of festivals, why in almost all festivals God is taking the center stage, in modern times what is the relevance of old scriptures like Vedas and Bhagavad Gita and so many other related questions. This podcast is an attempt to address some of them within the boundaries of Bhagavad Gita text. This is a multi-episode podcast and is for everyone, especially for the first-timers of Bhagavad Gita and those who came in contact with this ocean of knowledge but either did not swim in it or were afraid to take a dip in it. This will also be a refresher course for those who already have some knowledge about Bhagavad Gita. The episodes will cover all the 18 chapters in sequence and I will try to cover almost all the verses in each chapter. Interested listeners can subsequently focus on the chapter or verses of their liking. I should also add that making this podcast has allowed me to learn a lot about the teachings in Bhagavad Gita and has helped me to solidify my own understanding of Bhagavad Gita. Hope this podcast will be interesting and will be useful to you also. First, what does Bhagavad Gita mean? Who or what is Bhagavan and what is Gita? According to Vishnu Purana, the word Bhagavan means one who has the ownership over the six richness, namely Prabhu, Sri, Kirti, Jnana, Tejas and Vairagya. Prabhu is strength, also known as lordship. Sri is material and spiritual wealth. Kirti is glory of name and fame. Jnana is knowledge. Tejas is splendor. And finally, Vairagya is dispassion. In chapter 7, while explaining where to see God in this world, Bhagavan says, Tejas, Tejas, Vinam, Aham. I am the splendor of the splendid. Essentially, Bhagavan means one who has a wealth of knowledge and has the strength to follow through that knowledge in a dispassionate manner. This gives him glory and splendor. In short, Bhagavan is translated as God. God not in the sense of Abrahamic religions. What exactly it means will be explained in future episodes. Gita means song, a poem. Bhagavad Gita means Bhagavan's poem. 
This poem is in Sanskrit language and the live edition was released more than 5000 years ago from the middle of a battlefield. Yes, you heard it right. It was not recorded in the comfort of an air conditioned studio. It was live streamed from the middle of a battlefield. Many millions of soldiers on elephants, horses, chariots and on foot came for the release of this poem. This was the first known live point to point streaming recorded in the history of the world. It was a limited zoom edition with just one viewer called Sanjaya. There was also a Q and A session. The questions were asked by Arjuna and answered by Bhagavan. In Sanatana Dharma, also known as Hinduism, we have four foundation scriptures: Shruti, Smriti, Itikasa, and Puranas. Shruti means what is heard. This refers to the Vedas. Smriti is a text based on memory. Examples are Manu Smriti, Narada Smriti. Epics Ramayana and Mahabharata are the Itikasas. There are 18 Puranas. Srimad Bhagavatam being the most famous. Bhagavad Gita is a Smriti embedded in the great epic Mahabharata written by Veda Vyasa. Some say Bhagavad Gita was given by Sri Krishna, and some say it was by Veda Vyasa. But I said it was given by Bhagavan. Why do I say it was given by Bhagavan? And who is this Bhagavan who gave this? I understand there are so many questions. This is just an intro. I will address all these questions one by one as we move along the chapters. Coming back to the poem aspect, why as a poem and not as a prose? Many thousands of years ago, when the writing and distribution of information was done through palm leaves, it was not easy to produce copies. The palm leaves also did not last long. The poetry made it easier to memorize and pass it down the generations through the Guru Shishya parampara. Nowadays, people write a long prose, insert carriage returns at random places, and call it a poem. This was not the case in those days. The entire Bhagavad Gita was written in a fixed format with two types of chandas. Chanda is a meter. The two meters are called Anushtup Chanda and Drishtup Chanda. More about it later. Also, since it is a poem, the order of the words are not obviously in prose order and this makes the verses interesting and also amenable for multiple interpretations most editions of bhagavad gita have 700 verses of two lines each why do i say most in mahabharata in the 43rd chapter of bhishma parva sanjaya says that there are 745 verses with 620 verses attributed to bhagavan 57 to arjuna 67 to sanjaya and one to dhridrashtra it is said that before adi shankara's period that is late 7th to early 8th century there were manuscripts with 745 verses as well as with 715 verses adi shankara put an end to these variations by commenting only on 700 verses but even now in some editions there is one extra verse this one extra verse is attributed to arjuna In the first verse in chapter 13 Arjuna asks questions Adi Shankara's commentary does not have this verse because of that many think that this is a later interpolation those who follow Adi Shankara's tradition usually omit this verse this is a very simple verse and the presence or absence of this verse does not change the 
understanding of Bhagavad Gita. Though born and brought up in a famous temple town, Srirangam, Tamil Nadu, I should say that my first introduction to the philosophy of Bhagavad Gita was not through a satsang, a lecture or through a YouTube video, but through a song in the Tamil movie Karnan. In Mahabharata, Karnan was a close friend of Duryodhana. He owes his life to Duryodhana and sides with him and fights against the Pandavas army. In fact, he is the eldest brother of the Pandavas and the Pandavas did not know about it until after his death in the battlefield. In the movie, the two armies have assembled to fight and Arjuna hesitates and does not want to fight. In response, his charioteer Sri Krishna sings a song. In the song, Maranatta Yenni Kalangidum Vijaya, the great Tamil poet Kannadasan brings out the entire Bhagavad Gita in three simple but beautiful verses. The extraordinary philosopher poet has chosen each and every word very carefully to reflect the entire teachings of Bhagavad Gita. Until I studied Bhagavad Gita much later, I did not realize how much he has packed into this short song of less than three minutes. It is as though he has written one line for each chapter. It covers the grief humans have, the goal of a human's life, the Sankhya knowledge about Atma, Karma Yoga, Karma Sanyasa Yoga, Dhyana Yoga, Bhakti Yoga, Creation, Paramatma and a lot more. Just as in Bhagavad Gita, this song also has Arjuna asking questions. If you have not seen this video song, please watch it. Of course, after you finish listening to this episode full. If you do not understand Tamil, ask your friend who knows Tamil to translate it for you. In 1987, I attended a Gita Yajna organized by Chinmaya Mission in Malaysian High School Ground, Bangalore. I was at the very back of the ground and could not even see the speaker on the stage. I remember vividly that I bought four tapes containing the chanting of all the 18 chapters. After that one constructive action, nothing much I did with it. Things went into a limbo for about six years until I started going to Chinmaya Mission San Jose, California. Here came the actual study taught by gurus from Chinmaya Mission. My first guru in Chinmaya Mission was Swami Chidananda. Even now I fondly remember the very early morning meditation classes and evening lectures. Subsequently, I heard from Pooja Guruji Swami Tejomayananda, Brahmachari Prabho Chaitanya who is now Swami Bodhatmananda and many visiting Acharyas. Of course, all these live lectures were topped with Pooja Gurudev Swami Chinmayananda's Gita lectures on VHS tapes. Nowadays, we can also hear lectures on YouTube. I have to make special mention about the YouTube videos of Swami Nikilananda's lectures in English and Swami Omkarananda's lectures in Tamil. My sincere gratitude and namaskarams to each and every one of them again and again. Words cannot express my gratitude to all of them. They all have contributed to what little I have understood. Next, what is Bhagavad Gita about? This is beautifully expressed in what is known as Purti Vakyam or Sankalpa Vakyam at the end of each chapter. Purti Vakyam means completing sentences. It says what Bhagavad Gita is all about along with the chapter name and the chapter number. It also serves as a delimiter between the chapters. This Purti Vakyam is not in the original Bhagavad Gita. This is a later edition. 
the purti vakyam for chapter 1 will read as om tat sat iti shrimad bhagavad gita su upanishad su brahma vidyayam yoga shastre shri krishna arjuna samvade arjuna vishada yogo namam pratamodhyayaha om anda unmai ivvaru shrimad bhagavad gita vil upanishadil brahma vidya yoga shastratil ஸ்ரீ கிருஷ்ணார்ஜுன உரையாடல் அர்ஜுன துக்க யோக பெயரில் முதல் அத்தியாயம் இட் ஸ்டார்ட்ஸ் வித் ஓம் தத் சத் இட் மீன்ஸ் ஓம் தட் ரியாலிட்டி ஓம் தட் ட்ரூத் ஓம் தட் எக்ஸிஸ்டன்ஸ் தி த்ரீ வேர்ட்ஸ் ஓம் தத் அண்ட் சத் ரெப்ரஸண்ட் த ஒன் அண்ட் த சேம் பிரம்மன் இன் சாப்டர் செவன்டீன் பகவான் சேஸ் திஸ் ஹேஸ் பீன் டிக்ளேர் டு பி த ட்ரிபிள் டெசிக்னேஷன் ஆஃப் பிரம்மன் the sound of om represent the formless nirguna brahman that is that it represents all the world of objects emotions and thoughts it represents all the things in the universe sat is existence truth real absolute reality is what really exists in relative reality in various names and forms in essence Brahman the supreme formless spirit om is all that is in the entire universe and that is the existence truth next is iti shrimad bhagavad gita su this bhagavad gita is a sacred text text of what upanishad su by itself it is an upanishad upanishads are the philosophical treatises at the end of the vedas this is called upanishad not only because it contains the essence of the upanishads but also taught in the way of upanishads upanishad means sitting near a teacher the purpose of such an action is to receive the highest knowledge knowing which there is nothing else to know literally arjuna surrenders himself to shri krishna sits near shri krishna and receives the essence of the upanishads of the vedas and much more what is the subject matter of the upanishads brahma vidyayam upanishads teach the essential changeless eternal truth behind the ever changing world of objects emotions and thoughts the name given to that formless truth is brahman hence this scripture teaches the science of brahman this is the theoretical aspect what about the practical aspects yoga shastra it is also a scripture of yoga when we go into the chapters we will see many definitions of yoga the word yoga comes from the root yuj meaning to unite it is a yoga shastra because it is a scripture that explains the practical way to unite with brahman uniting the individual consciousness with the cosmic consciousness in chapter 7 bhagavan says that he will give both knowledge and wisdom that is he will give both theoretical knowledge and practical experience the chapter 7 is appropriately titled as gnana vigyana yoga bhagwan explains the lifestyle one has to follow to become one with that cosmic brahman who explained this theory and practice shri krishna arjuna samvade this is a conversation between shri krishna and arjuna as in upanishads it is a two way dialogue and not a monologue it does not dictate what to follow it is not a set of commandments it is not a sermon just to be heard in 17 chapters arjuna asked about 27 questions 
and got detailed answers. This shows the freedom in Sanatana Dharma to question the teachings and come to the same truth in our own way. Up to this, the Purti Vakyam is the same for all chapters. After that, the chapter name and the chapter number is given. As an example, for chapter 1, it is Arjuna Vishada Yogo Nama. The name of the chapter is Arjuna's Grief State. Since chapter 1 is focused on Arjuna's arguments and his emotional state of mind, the chapter is called Arjuna's Grief State. Pratamodhyayaha, the first chapter. In essence, Bhagavad Gita is teaching the core of Upanishads along with the practical ways to realize what is set as goal in the theory, namely merging with the Brahman who makes up this entire universe. It is knowing who we really are and how to realize our true real nature. Though the chapter numbers in the Purti Vakyam goes from 1 to 18, Bhagavad Gita actually starts as the 25th chapter in Bhishma Parva. Now, some interesting facts about the setting of this teaching. Traditionally, the method of teaching the Vedic philosophy Upanishad is through Guru Sishya Parampara, a teacher-student tradition in a reasonable, serene setting. On the other hand, this text was taught right in the middle of a battlefield, not a calm, serene, peaceful environment to learn. The student also did not approach the Guru in the traditional way. It was an extremely stressful situation, showing learning can happen anywhere as long as our mind is open. Second, unlike Upanishads and Puranas, here the Guru is sitting below holding the reins of the horses and looking up at the student who is sitting above on the chariot, wearing all protective armor and crying. Third, this was not taught to a sannyasi, a renunciator or to a Brahmachari student, but to a Kshatriya Grahastha, that is, a warrior householder. The teaching is also asking him not to become a sannyasi in a literal sense, but to be a sannyasi in essence while living as a householder. Finally, life is nothing but a series of experiences. We choose our experiences through the choices we make. After explaining the choices, Bhagavan leaves the final decision to Arjuna. Like Arjuna, it is our choice to make. In essence, Bhagavad Gita calls for action from all of us. It is appropriate to everyone because every day we are fighting our own battles at various levels. Physical level, mental level, family, community, religion, country, environment versus development, etc. It is appropriate because it gives choices. It is appropriate because it gives practical methods to live our lives. Next, how did this Bhagavad Gita come about? Why teach such high lofty philosophical ideas of Upanishads in the middle of a battlefield? What is the connection of the battlefield to such a teaching? Bhagavad Gita is not a separate text by itself. It is embedded in the great Indian epic Mahabharata. It has 18 chapters. To have a good understanding of chapters 3 to 18, the last 16 chapters, you need to have a good foundation from the second chapter. To understand the second chapter, you should have a good understanding of the first chapter and to understand the first chapter, you should understand the background behind it, the story of the Kauravas and the Pandavas. 
Mahabharata has been an Indian Harry Potter for thousands of years, but more real than fiction. With 100,000 verses, it is rightly called as an epic. The Mahabharata story itself starts with how this huge epic came about. Vedavyasa, who has compiled all the Vedas that were available scattered during his time, decided to tell the story of the Pandavas and the Kauravas. This was a promise he made to the blind king Dhridharashtra. Why he promised, I will explain that in the next episode. To write that epic, he needed a suitable stenographer who can keep up with the speed of reciting and write them down. He was wondering whom he can approach for that. Finally, he decided that Lord Ganesha is the best person for this task and meditated on him. Immediately, Lord Ganesha came in front of him and Vedavyasa put his request to Lord Ganesha in the most respectable way. Ganesha said, I can do that, but with one condition. I am a very busy person. Devotees from all over the universe are breaking coconuts and calling me to help them. People have installed me under every tree along the various rivers and with my big belly, it takes a lot of time to travel. So, I do not have much time. Once I start writing, I will not pause even for a moment. If you can recite continuously, then I will write. Vedavyasa thought for a moment and put out a counteroffer. Only after you understand the right meaning of what I said, you should write it down. Ganesha accepted the counter challenge but could not find a proper pen that could roll smoothly. So, he breaks one of his tasks and uses it as a writing tool and the Mahabharata was born. You can ask, what about Vyasa's break for food, bio-break, etc.? It is said that here and there Vyasa inserted words and verses that are not easily understood and put Ganesha into a thinking mode. With that, Vyasa got his breaks and also used that time to think about more verses. No one knows which are those verses. It could be the many verses that allow multiple meanings. The earliest written down version of the epic available dates back to the early part of this millennium. Just beyond Badrinath, situated in the state of Uttarakhand, there is a village called Mana. This is the last village before the India-China border and there is a cave called Vyasa Cave. The legend is that he recited the Mahabharata while living in this cave. Not far away from this cave is another small cave with a Ganesha temple. And yes, you guessed it right. He sat there and wrote down as Vyasa dictated the verses. Mahabharata says that the Pandavas passed through this town of Mana on their way to Swarga, heaven. In 2018, I had the good fortune to visit this place as part of the Chardam Yatra organized by Swami Ishwarananda of Los Angeles Chinmaya Mission. My pranams to him. In the next episode, we will see the Mahabharata story leading to Bhagavad Gita. What should one expect to know from this? Yaha pasyati sa pasyati. One who knows, that person knows. Until next time, when we see what we see, this is Ravi Ranganathan bidding goodbye. Bhagavad Gita. Yaha pasyati sa pasyati. Yaha pasyati sa pasyati. Yaha pasyati sa pasyati. Oh.